and made his dwelling among us. The mystery we celebrate today is so powerful that every Sunday when we mention the mystery of the incarnation, that part in the creed where we we bow, that under the, the weight of this idea that that God, the creator of the universe, the one who's outside of time. You know, sometimes students will say, well, I don't believe in God because I've never seen him. I was like, well, what's your definition of God? Well, you know, the God who started things and the God who all powerful, almighty. I'm like, well, if God's the one who started creation, you wouldn't actually be able to see him in creation, would you? They're like, oh yeah, I never thought about that. So. But that God who started everything doesn't stay far off. He's not like the the watchmaker that just winds it up and lets go. But he reveals himself as Father. Father speaks of a relationship. Regardless of our own relationship with our own Father, that God desires to redeem that. That a father cares, a father provides, a father gives life. And so that God doesn't, God doesn't stand far off, but draws near. And on this day, draws so near that we can take him in our arms. It's, it's a crazy idea. I mean, it's like, I remember having an ant farm. I don't know how long they lasted, but yeah, so I had an ant farm. It would be like entering the ant farm. Like the creator, the outside one, entering into the world and making himself able to suffer, passable. That's what's amazing about this. But why would, why would God do that? Especially what? And we also, sometimes students will say to me, maybe everyone said this, if, the, if God exists, if God is so good, why is there so much suffering? Especially in our world today, I was... Just thinking about it, it didn't take very long. I was like, yeah, the Ukraine war is still going on. One year and ten months in. We have the battle continues in Gaza, in Gaza and Israel, and just pray for peace. There's tension rising in North Korea. Our political season is warming up for next year. There's just like, where do you look? There's... There's just people, yesterday someone was complaining to me, like, Father, all these school shootings, like, I just, I just can't take it. It's just overwhelming. It's like there's so much brokenness, there's so much darkness. And that's exactly why Christ came. That the light of the world, the one who is light from light, chooses to enter into the darkness and the suffering and the frustrations that you and I experience. And, and they're different for every one of us. I know for, for me and my family, this is our first Christmas without my dad. For some of you here, that's a reality you're experiencing this year. There's my own kind of, my dad had dementia, so I've been looking into dementia. And uh, you know, sometimes people don't go to doctors because they don't want to hear what they have to say. Well, I've heard, and now I'm wearing hearing aids. Um, <laughs> there's like, my own kind of dying to self, it's like, wow, life is not always so easy. 
And that's exactly why Christ came. Because it's not easy. Because he doesn't want us to have to, to face it alone. You know, it's interesting in the Eastern Church, where Roman Catholic Church is kind of the Western Church, in the Eastern Church, December 24th is a feast day for Adam and Eve. I'm like, well, that's interesting. And Jesus is born, Adam and Eve, what's that about? Well, Adam and Eve, God created us in his image and likeness. But then after the time of Adam and Eve, that sin entered the world, that things got difficult, that, that it got hard and suffering came, and we needed some way out of it. So Jesus comes now to redeem that. And how does he redeem it? He chooses to enter into our life with us. That he makes his dwelling among us. That he comes humbly in a manger. He comes humbly on the altar in the form of bread and wine. And one day, later in his life, he chooses to humbly embrace the wood of the cross. Why? Because that's where you and I find ourselves, suffering in difficulty. And so he comes, our, our opening prayer says that, that he descended the, into our humanity so that we might share in his divinity. That God didn't make us to suffer. The suffering is an effect of original sin. And so Jesus comes to be with us, to renew our hope that we're not alone, and to lead us on towards heaven. One of the scripture lines from today is, was chosen by the students. We're, we're doing a trip to St. Louis uh, a week from now. Father Anthony and I are getting on a bus for 24 hours to St. Louis. I guess there's other ways to get there, but we're going to be doing that to a conference with, I don't know, about 20,000 other college students. And what's powerful about this is in the midst of our world in which we can think of maybe a lot of people we know who are a little more distant from the faith and the church than they once were, that there are thousands of college students who are excited about their faith. That in the midst of the darkness, that they see a light shining more brightly than ever. That they have hope. And so the, the scripture verse that they put on the t-shirts that we're going to have is, the light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. The darkness has not overcome. And that you and I who have Christ with us in the darkness can have great confidence that nothing can overcome Christ. He's God. That when Christ is with us, no matter what comes, we're, we're going to be okay. That, that even if our, our whole world turns against us, our whole life turns upside down, if, if it feels like, I don't know, everyone's against us or something, you know, or against the church. There's a lot of, a lot of college students think the church is irrelevant. And if you read the, the comments on the Catholic Jack's TikTok page, you, you would recognize that. <laughs> There's a lot of angry comments, which ironically actually makes us more relevant. But anyways, um, but I think people have been They've recognized even the darkness at times that is in the members of the church. That the church herself is made up of imperfect people who have found the perfect place to bring their brokenness. 
They have found the perfect one who wishes to enter into our brokenness with us and bring us healing and bring us peace that the world cannot give. And so today we, we celebrate Christ who descended into our poverty and invites you and I to come to him with our poverty. That God, I don't have it all figured out. I've got a lot of frustrations. I've got tensions with people in my life. I've got whatever it is. That God invites us to bring all of that to him and to allow the Prince of Peace to come with his grace and his truth. That the Gospel of John tells us today that in him is the fullness of truth and grace. That the answers I'm looking for are found in a person. That I feel like, I'm, sometimes we can feel like I have to figure it all out and figure out what's true. And, and God didn't want us to have to go blindly through it, but he comes to enlighten us. And with his grace, his grace that heals me, his grace that can bring redemption to all that I've experienced. And so we're invited to encounter and embrace love incarnate and say, God, I, I need you. God, we need you. Thank you for dwelling with me on this journey. I'd like to read to you from a, a letter that was written on this day 80 years ago. There was a, a guy in Germany named Alphonse, and he was ordained a priest in 1921. And when the National Socialists came to power, he stood up against them. And so eventually that led to his arrest. And so on Christmas Eve in 1943, he wrote this letter to his sister. And so I, if it helps you to close your eyes, just want to listen and imagine what he's saying and what that might mean for us today. I have a great deal of anxiety about how you will spend Christmas Eve. At Christmas time and a few years ago, we lost father. And two years ago, it was that God called our beloved mother. This year, you've even been deprived of me, your brother, who among all people on earth has loved only you and who now reverences you. For me, the frame of the festival is clearly defined, the walls of my prison cell. Never have I knelt at the manger in such poverty as I do this year. Everything has been taken away. My home, my honor, my life. So I want to kneel at the manger of him who had no place to lay his head, who as friend of his people was condemned to death, who poured out his blood like a libation and sacrificed for the salvation of his people and of the entire world. As gifts, I bear to the manger hunger and cold, loneliness and forlornness. Shining chains are my only ornament. I want to give my life, previously placed in the service of the King of Christmas, to him who saved me with his precious blood. With copious tears of penitence I wish to wash away everything that is turned to guilt and remorse in me. It is in this spirit that I am going to make my pilgrimage to the manger. I hope through grace to celebrate Christmas deep within my heart and mind as never before in my life. No gift, no festive meal will distract me, no candle will gleam, no fir tree will emit its fragrance, 
But the infant Jesus in the Eucharist will, as a glorious reality of Christmas, irradiate me with eternal light and fill me with the warmth of compassionate love. Alphonse only lived for another couple months after writing that letter. But in 1999, his name was added to the German martyrology of the 20th century. All the German martyrs on a list that was vetted and basically acknowledged that these are people who are likely saints. He came to Christ with what he had, his poverty, his brokenness. I was talking to a woman this week who she said, Father Matt, I am so poor, I live in a little studio. I don't even have a bedroom. But Flagstaff is a touch expensive, and I'm probably going to have to move back to the valley. I was like, wow. And she said, but all I want this Christmas is to go to Mass and to receive communion. To know that God is with me. Jesus, who comes to us in poverty, humbly, invites you and I to come and receive him, bearing the gifts of our own poverty and humility. That as we unite ourselves with his lowliness dwelling among us, that he desires to lift us up to his glorious dwelling in heaven.